everybody and welcome to the Soul Brew Podcast. This is episode 41, Boys Don't Cry. Or do they? With Gavin Meenan. So this episode was recorded when I was back home at Christmas time with a mutual friend of ours and men's mentor, Gavin Meenan. This was a conversation that we wanted to have for a long time. Stephen, would you like to tell the listeners what you thought about this conversation? Honestly, it's a bit slow at the start. Uh, we weren't really sure where it was going to lead. We talked to Gavin quite a lot, the three of us, uh, about a number of topics. So we were trying to see where it led to, and it was a bit slow, to be fair, at the start. But once it got going, it got deep into the mind of Gavin. And some of the things he's gone through, he tells a bit of a story and we challenge him on a few things. And in fairness, it's, he's thought through a lot of what he's, he's doing. And I thought it was a very good conversation. Aidan, what do you think? Yeah, I thought it was a great conversation as well. And we know Gavin uh, personally, and then we also know Gavin online. And that was one of the topics that we wanted to tackle with this um we were i think at least i was a little bit apprehensive of this conversation of where it may have led to as well i, I thought it was probably one of our more debating topics at something that mm -hmm. we don't really do as a kind of a rule on the podcast or we haven't done done yet and um, so i was a little bit nervous about that and again, it took a little while to get into the conversation. I think we, we were probably dancing around subjects a little bit too much. Mm -hmm. And then we just kind of went forward and asked more direct questions. And to be fair, I think Gavin handled the um, the questions really well. He has clearly thought about this. This isn't like whimsical things that he's saying, um, which to for me, I, I, I very much respect. Mm -hmm. um i respect his thought process and i respect his views on things and and this conversation was just something that I, i'm very glad that we got done and we got to some very deep roots with gavin yeah and just for those who aren't sure who gavin is gavin is a fully qualified personal trainer with two degrees in sport and exercise science and sport and leisure he has worked with hundreds if not thousands of people uh, through coaching, uh, through his modern warrior program. Uh, and he is also an author and a mentor and a public speaker. So Gavin is well versed in speaking and having these conversations. And he does a lot of work specifically with men, which we do touch on in the podcast. And his reasoning for it, he makes sense of it and he explains it. And I think Gavin, that I first met properly a few years ago, is different to the Gavin now in a positive sense. And we talk about that and much more throughout the conversation, don't we? Yeah, we just really get into it. Uh, the nuts and bolts, um, th there's no dance around the subject in the sense that some of the stuff that he has put out in the past has been very controversial and even though we've we've been friends with him so that was an area where was delicate i think for us in terms of being friends with him and also trying to be um podcasters so yeah but i think 
we handled the conversation well. Gavin definitely handled the conversation well. It makes for very interesting listening and also, uh, I think, a refreshing view from the other side of things as well and being like, oh, shit, you know what? He's kind of right when he says that. Um, so I think it's a very interesting podcast. We really hope that you enjoy it and get something out of it. Yeah, it's good. <clears throat> it's good practice for us to that you don't always have to agree with someone on, on everything, but you can have a conversation about it. I think it's good practice for anyone listening that sometimes the face of it looks like you're in total disagreement, but when you get to the nuts and bolts, a lot of the stuff you're similarly uh, minded about and with a different perspective. So that was interesting. And before we start, one thing we do want to mention is if you go into our bio of the episode or uh, follow us on Instagram, Facebook, Twitter, and check us out. You can go on to buymeacoffee.com. We have a uh, account set up there if you'd like to help fund the podcast. Any money that we raise through that goes back into the podcast uh, to help us with equipment and different bits and pieces. And uh, anything else to add, Aidan? Uh, no, it also just really helps the people that volunteer, uh, people who help us with production, photos, video, videos. Uh, so Stephen and myself um, don't make any money on the podcast. We, we pay it all ourselves. So if you can afford us uh, the price of a cup of coffee through that Buy Me A Coffee link, it really does go a long way and it helps support the podcast. Like, share, follow and subscribe one final thing before we proceed is something that we keep forgetting and we keep talking about it before we start recording and still forget is we have a buy me a coffee account set up which you'll find in the bio you'll also find it on our instagram page our facebook page all our social media we are asking that you could please go on and like our socials follow us subscribe to us on Spotify or Apple or wherever you listen to your podcasts, give us a rating. And if you do enjoy it and you'd like to help sponsor the podcast, we have a buy me a coffee set up that you can give us the price of a coffee or um, a bit more if you like. And that money goes straight back into the podcast. We don't make anything from it. We get a lot of help from friends that we've already mentioned or are about to mention like Hannah, Robert, Stephen, the wee brother, loads of people help us out. And we would like to give back to them something in the form of a voucher or giving them a couple of bags of coffee or something, um, which we do already, but we do tend to spend that ourselves and spend a lot of time on this podcast that we are really passionate about. So if you can, check out the link. If you'd like to donate to us, we do appreciate every bit of it. And here is our chat with Gavin Meenan. Gavin Meenan, welcome to the Solbury podcast. We're going to start off as we always do, and we're going to ask you what kind of coffee or where would you get your coffee in around Sligo? Milligram would be my place of preference. So every morning after a dip in the sea, that's where I would frequently go. Good man. You're a, you're a long black kind of man, aren't you? I'm a long black or a short black, depending on the... Depending on the day, yeah. Jesus, hey. you're just wild, man. <laughs> strong, strong. We'll start off with uh, you. So you have your coffee after your daily dip. Tell us uh, why 
do you dip? Do you do, do it every day? And why um, do you think it's beneficial for you? And why would you think anyone else should do it as well? Well, the dip is only part of the the whole morning routine, and it's almost a finisher to the routine in the morning. So I'm a big advocate for morning routine because it's really the only opportunity I have all day to, to be with myself and only myself. So up in the morning is a cup of coffee and journal, which is an absolute non-negotiable where I sit and take a few deep breaths and write about what I'm feeling in the morning time and try to associate the feeling with a potential challenge or struggle that's happening in my life at the moment. And that just increases my self-awareness over a period of time where I can identify why certain things are triggering me or where certain things are are uh, becoming difficult in my life. And there's also a process I like to follow with the journal in terms of setting intentions for the day as well, how I intend to live that day and how I intend to interact with others. So it, it sets me up for, for what's to come. And then finish the, the journal off with a bit of gratitude. So that's the first box ticked. And after that, it's a gym session. And after the gym session, it's a trip to the sea. And probably the most difficult part of the routine is, is getting into the ice cold sea, especially in December. That's something I started doing a few years ago when COVID happened. I did it probably every single day for a course of a year and gradually fell off, but back on it now since December. And it's... To me, it's an opportunity to build resilience because I think that is the key to overcoming challenges in life and throughout my day. And doing that difficult thing in the morning, I feel for me personally, sets the momentum to take on more challenges throughout the day. What happens when Gavin doesn't get a chance to do the morning routine? Does it throw you off your day your week your month or what happens because I know I, I do enjoy routine as well but I'm aware that not everyone has that chance for whatever reason to nail down a morning routine what happens when it's not there well there's a there's one non-negotiable that I would adhere to every day which would be the journal no matter what happens it's journal. It's process the feelings, acknowledge the thoughts, try to identify the, the struggle or the pain beneath the beneath the problem. However, if none of that's done or there's no opportunity for it as such, sometimes it happens when I may sleep in and my son Mason is up at the same time and he's up and he needs to be looked after. And, and before that would have challenged me massively. I would have become frustrated with the fact that I lost my opportunity in the morning for myself. But over time, I practice gratitude whenever I'm challenged in those situations. So instead of me becoming frustrated that I've missed out, I'll focus on the gratitude of even being awake and healthy and being able to be there for, let's say, Mason in the morning and be present with him. So it's flipping that potentially detrimental thought or feeling towards something more positive and that's that's really it and tomorrow's another day 
So I suppose one advantage I have in terms of time in the morning is not having children, whereas you talked about Mason there. And obviously Mason and your daughter Ariane are priority, I'm guessing, in the morning. Um, have you any advice to other parents out there, say, that might be listening? How do you get that time for yourself? Or I know you have it in the morning. I don't know if you have it in the evening as well or... Um, you know, what sort of advice would you give someone that's listening here thinking, oh, sure, how can I do that? I have two children. Because you obviously have the two children. I'm very cautious that we often talk about stuff like this in a position where we don't have that responsibility. So can you maybe elaborate on that a bit? In my opinion, it's your responsibility to make that time because you have these responsibilities in your life. And with any man that I work with, and I do work with men who are in high-level positions or senior positions with companies or CEOs or business owners and they have families, they have a wife, they have big commitments in their life and they can very easily turn around and say, look, I've got so many things going on in my life, I just don't have time in the morning. But I encourage them to, to make that time and as I say, say to them, the more commitments and responsibilities you have in your life, the more important it is to actually make that time for yourself because more and more people are depending on you and you have more and more demands throughout your day that that needs your your full attention, your focus, your clarity, your presence. And the morning time is is you being completely present with yourself, so you can then be present for others. And the morning routine probably gets bastardized an awful lot in terms of it has to be something massively complicated. It doesn't have to be that. It could be a ten minute cup of coffee and read a few pages of book or 10 minute gratitude journal or 10 minute walk and you can build it from there i've been practicing morning routines for a number of years but they've varied over the years there was a period where it would be up and out for a walk but then fall off that for a while and then reset again and try something new but the the current routine has come from a time where I was sleeping in, in the morning time and I did lose myself a little bit during the, the lockdown. And I remember one morning getting up in the house and the wife and the two kids were up before me and I thought to myself, no, this is not optimal. You're waking up here after they've w- woken up. So after that, I hit the reset button and I just made a commitment every morning to get into the sea. That was it, just one thing. And that was a foundation for everything else that came afterwards the journal the gym was layered on top of that then so just start with one thing and be consistent with that and then you can always add it add others or if it's working stick to what works um if you find yourself what you said there you found yourself slipping and you woke up that morning and everyone was up in the house before you are you paying attention to this yourself? Are you getting called out in it? Um, or how are you even noticing this? Because <clears throat> this happens across the board with everything, with habits, bad habits, good habits, um, behaviors. Are you hyper aware of your behaviors through the journaling and you caught yourself or was it someone that, that just called you out on, on what was happening and then you changed your habits? The journaling wasn't happening at that point actually so it was myself and I remember walking to the kitchen and thought 
you're the leader here you are here to lead others and they're up before you and they've been up depending on you to show up for them but you haven't shown up for yourself first and I felt depleted because as I said I wake up and then it's straight towards responsibilities towards others it's straight towards showing up for me so Nariana the wife and I haven't shown up for myself yet so I'm not I'm not giving my all to them because I haven't given given anything to myself first and that wasn't that was probably a period of maybe two or three months of just gradually slipping up and then one morning it was the tipping edge what was going on for you in those three months that was causing you to slip up was there any like were you having any mental health issues were you in a bad place why were you sleeping in and not getting up Mm -hmm. bad habits started to creep in during the the lockdown such as staying up later at night scrolling scrolling leading to porn use scrolling leading to other distractions and at 10 10 p.m usual bedtime became 12 a.m or eventually 1 a.m and then you're going to bed later then you're getting up later and i felt myself slipping back into into previous habits and Fortunately, at that point, I had the awareness to understand what was going on and then take some corrective measures in terms of moving beyond it. Porn has always been simmering beneath the surface or the temptations towards it had always been simmering beneath the surface. So during that period where there was isolation, there was lockdowns, there wasn't the usual outlets of going to the gym and interacting with others and there was a lost connections. So I started to connect elsewhere and as I was veering further towards the porn. I found myself drifting further away from the intimacy and the relationship or the connection with the wife. So that's when I called it out for myself and and started to make some changes in terms of, okay, let's just focus on one priority in the morning and let's build on that over a period of time. So starting it up at six in the morning then and by 10 a.m. I was in bed and maintaining that routine um so with my own girlfriend um she's latina <laughs> and i don't get away with any of this shit if uh, if i'm not communicating with her or if i'm not pulling if i'm not showing up um i get called out in it almost immediately they're kind of known for that um and just in terms of your own wife and this was she passively going along with it um was she trying to communicate with you and you were just so disconnected during this time um or how did all that unfold in the relationship she was actually in a pretty good place at that point because she wasn't working and she was focusing on herself and she was getting fit and she was healthy she was out walking every day and and it was probably a process where two of us were living separate lives and she had brought new priorities and new responsibilities into her life and that potentially maybe distanced herself she distanced herself from me because she started to really enjoy this pursuit meeting friends and she had this outlet or she created this outlet through her friendships where I didn't really have it a lot of my outlet would be in the gym or in coffee shops or out in public she has a, a closer 
friend group in, in Sligo. So she started to maybe veer towards there and she was feeling quite fulfilled with the connections, but I was feeling disconnected and it would take a lot for her to, to call me out on my on my bullshit because I would hide it very well. But she can always acknowledge the times where I'm not in a good place. And that's and before that was something I, w- I would ignore I would brush it off but over the years I've started to pay more attention to that yeah interesting you use the term calling out your bullshit because let's start with all that how long have you got to call you out all your bullshit <laughs> um, we'll pick there's a few things I'd love to pick at and of picking at it is the right way firstly I found it interesting what is your wife's name again? Vilma can we use Vilma instead of the wife we can use Vilma uh, instead of the wife I for sure that yeah. sounds better uh, so, so neither of us are married we have no experience of marriage you've been married for how long? since 2016 yeah how do you find marriage in with all those distractions, with all those things going on in the background all the time, how are you navigating married life as a man in your 30s? And I suppose anyone listening that might have struggles in their marriage or have a great marriage, um, can you maybe just speak a bit about it and any advice on, on how to maintain a marriage throughout whatever difficulties you have? Marriage to me for a long time was a ticking the box process of that's done now and we can passively live our lives and we're married and there's uh, I think marriage comes with the sense of uh, a lack of responsibility because you've you've ticked that box and you feel well she's not going to go anywhere and I'm not going to go anywhere and you sort of can adapt to this ultimately miserable existence unless you can become aware as to what's really going on here and as I said it was my own ignorance for a long time to ignore her her uh, bullshit calling for me or calling my bullshit and beneath that was a fear for me because I didn't want to know about it and it's very easy for me for men in general for anybody in general just to point the finger and blame the wife for their struggles or difficulties or she's not showing up for me she's not doing this she's not doing that she's not intimate in the relationship she's the sex life is is null and void but it's the man's responsibility then to communicate that to the woman and for me for a long time it was the the fear of conflict and the fear of the shame of my feelings towards the difficulties in the relationship which stems from earlier experience in my life and I remember opening up to her at one point a couple of years ago and actually telling her exactly that in terms of look I find it very difficult to to speak to you to open up to you because when I did this in the past I felt like it was used against me in some way and her response was, Gavin, if I get angry, let me be angry. I'll get over it. I'll move past it. I'd rather you express it to me and I can be angry with it 
and we can work through it than you just to keep this to yourself and to maintain this distance between us. We can work it out then if it's out in the open. So that to me was a real revelation in terms of she's allowing me to have the space to open up and express myself. But the things I was expressing were at the time quite surface level too because I was still very careful as to what I said and a real shame in terms of actually feeling vulnerable or feeling soft or weak or feeling even the feeling that I had needs and wants was was something that I found was 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 weak at the time that my needs and wants don't matter as long as everyone else is looked after and if I look after their needs and wants then I'll feel better but it's you know it's a it's fair exchange you need to there's a bit of giving a bit of taking so in my ignorance of addressing the problems in the relationship I could easily go elsewhere to seek my thrills and text another woman or in porn use or so that sort of ticked the box for intimacy but it wasn't real of course and that's a very empty pursuit that doesn't bring any sense of fulfillment or joy into a man's life so in the pursuit of pleasure the the pain increased because the relationship became more disconnected and and broken and one day we were sitting down in the kitchen and again I'd be I would have been very reluctant to have conversations with her about my feelings because to me my feelings didn't matter because I never felt like my feelings mattered it was always and my belief was always the woman's feelings mattered more than my feelings. And if my feelings don't matter, then I don't matter. So it doesn't matter. It doesn't matter to her. So why express it to her? So again, she called me out one day and I was, I was venting my frustrations in terms of what she wasn't doing or what she was doing in the relationship. And we're not doing this and you're not doing that. And, and she simply said, look, Gavin, I can't reach you. You're unreachable. And that silenced me. And I realized in that moment that there was a a massive element of truth that I had to begin to acknowledge and work through and then to lean into that more. And that's, I think, for a lot of men in relationships, they're, they're afraid of the truth because underneath the truth, there's, there's a lot of pain there. But in the avoidance of pain and the pursuit of pleasure, life bec- becomes more painful. Sounds very much like you have a, a great woman there, um, and and I've known you now as as long as you have been together. Um, <clears throat> a lot of it sounds to me very robotic. I would say um, you've mentioned tick the box two or three times. You know, it's this checklist of things. It's um, e- even your morning routine almost sounds to me in a sense of like this needs to happen, this needs to happen, this needs to happen. Um, And a relationship is probably one of the most complex things that we try and navigate all the time and it can't be a a tick box. I think it's so fluid and kind of a little bit like the oceans, a bit bit wild at times, but calm at times. And there's something that I want to kind of press you on um, and it's not coming from this podcast because it's coming from something that we've talked about a lot. But where does um, the word love come into all of this um, in terms of your family and in terms of yourself? And what does that word mean to you both romantically 
and intimately and, and with your family because I know that's something that, that you've struggled to get that word out uh, in the past yes I have you know all too well my man yeah my, my self hatred sort of dampened the love and it's something I've I've struggled with for a very long time is is the association with love or what love means to me or what love actually is and the connection as well this is something that I feel I've I've struggled with for a very long time and you know I can go right back here and don't have to go too far down this rabbit hole go right back to where I felt like I lost a deep connection in my life when I was three years old when ultimately it was a was a family breakup when I think about it where for the first three years we lived on my grandparents land ultimately just outside their front door so within that piece of land there was me and my parents and my, my brother eventually came along but then there was my aunties and uncles that lived in my grandparents house and my grandparents themselves so there's a there's a huge family unit there and I had a very deep and loving connection with my auntie at the time she was she was my savior if my parents got angry or upset with me about something or anything she'd often come in and be the soother and the comforter and and I never really understood the the impact of that breakup up until recent years where we moved away and I had lost that deep connection with her especially and with the other people there my uncles and aunties and I feel that became a spiral of blame towards myself because I think as a young child you start to blame yourself for the for the bad thing that's happened to you in your life you don't have the comprehension or the understanding and then probably no one then to step in and help you understand that this is not actually how it is so for a long time in my life anything that went wrong or anything that broke down or anything that really happened that was a negative thing I would immediately inflict the blame upon myself and beneath the blame there was a, a feeling of, of hatred towards myself and when I was 18 and I was involved in a, a serious car accident where a lady died on the scene and the very first words I said to me and I, and I said it over a repetitive process at the car scene was what the fuck have I done what the fuck have I done and I kept repeating it and repeating it like a man who had just gone insane and I for a long time believed that my self-hatred was based on that experience because it, it was my fault and something terrible happened and for the next decade I struggled massively with that self-hatred hated myself and I would have had a very destructive relationship with alcohol alcohol was hit the self-sabotage self-destruction button i'm gonna drink as much as i can i don't give a fuck what happens don't give a fuck about me ultimately porn was huge of course and distanced myself from a lot of people never went all in on relationships or friendships pretended to be somebody i wasn't and felt extremely afraid when i was alone but of course avoided that through porn use however over the years i've understood that that was uh a deeply held belief already a long time before that accident happened and what the accident did was actually amplified that belief that I had towards myself that 
I'm a bad person. I'm a, I'm, I'm bad. I'm evil. I'm, I always do things that are wrong. I'm not good enough. I hate myself. So that was a, a struggle for a long time in my life until I realized the core of that belief and understood that this, this is not something that serves me anymore. And if I hate myself, how can I love anyone else? And that hatred for myself, for sure, impacted the relationship with Bunma. For sure, impacted the relationship with the kids at some point when I wasn't healed or hadn't started a healing process. And I would get angry with them, but it was never them. It was the anger and hatred toward myself that, that triggered triggered that through, the, through their behaviors and their actions. So... Uh, I've had to get to the core of that self-hatred and understand that, you know, it wasn't your fault what happened back then, Gavin. You know, the, the, the broken connection, it was just your parents had great intentions to move you into a, a new home and create a loving environment for you. They didn't understand the comprehension of leaving aunties and grandparents behind. And that's fine. That They just didn't understand that at the time. But it's my understanding now, and with that understanding comes the responsibility to, to heal that. And it's been a healing process, and I believe this year alone has been, that's been the biggest win for me in 2023, was actually being able to cultivate that love for myself for the first time ever. And then as I've given that love to myself, I now have it to give it to others. And I, as I give that to Vilma, as I give that to the kids, they get it back as well and it creates a lot lot more of a, a loving and peaceful environment and again it all goes back to the morning routine i get up in the morning because i deserve to feel good i deserve to feel loved i deserve to give to myself first so i can then have all this then to give to others the morning routine is not a punishment it's it's a service to myself so i can then serve others because i want to give myself the love to then give to them Thanks for sharing that. That was, uh, I've known you well now for the last two, three years. That's probably the most vulnerable of an answer I've heard you give of any. <laughs> uh, and I would say we've talked about uh, that stuff before. To me, it shows actually you've, even in the last year, you've done a good bit on it. I think your, your response to that accident all them years ago was completely a normal response I would say because you probably were at an age where you, you didn't even understand who you were or what you were and 18 yeah and something like that happening is going to throw anybody off whatever path they were on um, and it sounds like you might have been on a you may have already been on a path that wasn't who you were and that derailed you even further so and you said it took over 10 years for you to kind of figure some of that stuff out when you did start figuring out was it just a realization that i need to figure something out about myself and you started slow or was it a f- yeah was there a, a moment that you said you know what i need i need to change something about myself now and then I know you've talked about some of the stuff you've done. How, like, how do you start? If someone's in a position now where they hate themselves or don't love themselves the way they ought to or the way you do now even, how would you advise someone to start that process? Um, 
yeah, what's the what's the step? Because I, I think the most difficult thing is the step. You you did that step, and even ten years after the initial step, you're still working. Mm-hmm. So maybe talk about that process a wee bit if you can. Yeah, the most difficult period. I'd say the most difficult period of my whole life up to this point was the year that Ariana was born, and I was twenty six when she was born, and. I had been working in retail for a couple of years and one day out of the blue I was made redundant and again self-inflicted blame I'm not good enough and went on the complete immediate urgency of trying to find a new job because uh, reflecting back on it now I was afraid of not having that outlet to distract myself from the difficulties and struggles I had in my life going to work every day was ultimately a distraction and that grew into something else later on down the line but I'll, I'll get to that There's, and that was the first time since the accident that I had really ever been alone and I spent the best part of the year be, being a stay at home dad and as much as I established an incredible bond with Ariana that still holds today, we have a brilliant relationship. I had moments of anger, resentment, blame towards her, towards Vilma, towards society, towards the government, towards everyone else. Point the finger, blame others. Poor me. And I held this pity party for myself for probably the best part of a year until, uh, yeah, until one day. I felt this incredible surge of, of guilt and at the time I didn't really understand where it was coming from and it lingered. So like before, uncomfortable pain, uncomfortable feeling, ignore it. Use porn, use distractions, but when you're stay-at-home dad, those distractions are not always available, so I had no choice but to sit with it. And probably over the process of a couple of weeks that the, the guilt tighten its grip on me and I understood that the guilt was associated with with the car accident and what the guilt was more associated with her son who was in the car at the time and the guilt of what I felt I took away from him took his mother away, I took her away from ever being involved in his life and seeing him become the man that he is and this, this guilt really, really took me under until one day I just had to make the call, I just rang a counsellor and I simply told her I need to talk I need to talk to someone about some struggles I'm having here and that began the process of healing throughout that through that traumatic instant that was when I was 27 I'm now 39 and that process still continues today so when I was with this counsellor it was all about the car accident my feelings and associations and the guilt and the shame that I felt over this instant and again on reflection we were only scratching the surface it was only that was only one experience in my life that was actually quite recent that was having an impact on my life and forgiveness was a huge, a huge part of that process getting helping me to get to the point where I could forgive myself for what happened and she floored me one day with one question about forgiveness in terms of okay you can't forgive yourself for this Gavin but 
what if she could hear you, hear you and see you right now? Would she forgive you for what happened? And I knew this woman and I thought deeply about it for a few moments and I believed that she would forgive me because she knew I didn't have the intention to go out there and create harm or certainly not kill anybody. But at the time, I believed that's what I wanted to believe. And that was only the start. After that, there were psychologists and other people that came on my journey with me to help me through other difficulties because the problems didn't go away. So beneath all that, to answer your question, I feel that every person, and, and I work mostly with men, and it might be more relatable to men, but I feel women are better able to express themselves and express themselves to other women or to other people where men really struggle with this. So what I often recommend men do is to find some time to be, make some time to be on your own every day and just acknowledge what comes up. What's the feelings? Is it shame? Is it guilt? Is, it, is there a certain pain there? And again, that's where the journaling comes in. Journal is my thing. It doesn't have to be journal. It could be meditation. It could be going for a walk. It could be some breathing exercises. You may need some accountability and support to get you through that because some of the things that come up will be massively challenging or a huge struggle that you then may want to avoid going forward. So for me, having people along the way has been key and then having the resources when I'm on my own to be able to navigate the feelings and difficulties that came up. So the first step is really to shut off the noise on the outside and just acknowledge what, what comes up for you on the inside. So that's where the answers are. Um, going back to that car accident and again, just talking from experience of being friends with you um, for the last decade or so. I know in particular in that instance that day you were kind of uh, sticking it to the man, so to speak, and you um, you just mentioned the government and stuff there as well, and, and we know you as a bit of a rebellious character still, um, which we agree with on many levels and in many levels we disagree with, um, but I think there's maybe we find a kind of discrepancy of the man that's sitting in front of us and maybe the man that we see online. Um, but kind of what I want to ask is where does this rebellious nature come from and how is it showing up in your life today? It would have been a lot more explicit over the years than it is right now, I believe, because I did have a lot of anger beneath the surface that still lingered over the years where I felt you know what I'm in a good place now I'm going through therapy I'm got my self-care routine but there was still moments of anger and rage and instead of it being projected upon the kids or Vilma or other people I would project it towards the government or project it towards Instagram or project it towards certain a, a certain group of people which in my opinion there was there was a time and space for it as well um, but to answer your question in terms of the rebellious nature I'd have to look back at my auntie again who was the black sheep of the family where everyone else was was quite well behaved she got away with a lot of misbehaviours she was someone who 
she's got a birthmark and she would have been bullied in school when she was a kid so and she went through a lot of operations so she she had a lot more uh, there's a lot more leniency towards her in terms of behaviors in the house and her grandmother my grandmother her mother would have let her get away with so many things and she would have used that to her advantage and I remember plenty of times when we're in the house and you wouldn't hear a curse word from my mum or my other aunties or uncles or my grandparents and she would freely curse away and and express herself as she, as she wished so I believe there's a lot of her that has been embedded in me and I actually admire her for it or at least admired her for it because she there was no filter and she and, and even as myself as a as a nice boy back in the day I would give out to her for swearing I, you can't swear and I remember even something like the Eurovision con- con- song contest and to me as a boy oh you're supposed to you have to like you have to like the song that Ireland have and she's that's a that's a shite song it's not like you have to, you have to like the song because it's, it's the Irish song because nah that's, that's a crap song so she freely spoke her mind and had that nature about her which again I admire and I've, I've probably taken most of me but n- never truly had the the courage to express it because I had this this nice guy sy- syndrome perhaps that that kept him down that kept this re- rebellious nature under control but I've also felt that there's a lot of things that I felt strongly about that needed to be expressed in certain ways such as you know, I'll give you a simple example of when they shut the gyms down during the COVID time. This was towards the end of, of COVID. And I was getting messages from men on a regular basis who were struggling with their mental health and were delighted now the gyms were open and they were open for a month or two months and then they shut them down overnight. And I thought this is... This, this, this can't be on because mental the mental health aspect is so much more important than what's happening with, with COVID right now everyone's vaccinated everyone should be alright and I felt there was a, a surge of mental health issues that wasn't being addressed and that's something I, I spoke about on a on a video on Instagram and it, it blew up and of course there's backlash from many and there's support from others and that's fine and I'm okay with that now before a couple of years ago or before that I would never have had the courage to, to speak up about something like that so to answer your question I think at the foundation it's it's her yeah you're allowed to swear here if you want <laughs> good go on, go on. Um, <laughs> I'm holding back yeah, I think I'll add on to kind of what Aiden was asked there uh, when I sit and have a coffee with you in a chat I feel that's the Gavin I'm that's the real Gavin coming through when I see some of your Instagram videos stories or videos or whatever I feel there's another side do you find you have a different persona online than you do in person and yeah we'll answer that first I suppose and then I can add on to it but do you do you think there's a difference between the Gavin sitting here now being vulnerable and speaking about these things and the online version? The truth of that is 
I would have been afraid to be vulnerable online and to show that quote-unquote softer side of me, which, again, only this year I've become more comfortable with. And when you come from a background where your weakness is exposed on a on such a regular basis, and I, I, I went through a process of being bullied from a very young age and up for many years by different people, and really feeling weak and soft and vulnerable and pathetic and inadequate. So for many years I would have not wanted to express that in case it would have been attacked in some way. So in all honesty, there was probably a different persona that you've seen on an Instagram. And if you asked me that this time last year, I would have said, ah, oh, no, that's just another side of me. There's two sides here. There's the Gavin that's, as you see right now, vulnerable and open and all loving. <laughs> and then there's the Gavin online who's projecting anger and being a lot more aggressive. Mm-hmm. And beneath that too, there's probably the fear of aggressiveness there's a fear of expressing anger because when i did so in the past it would have been used against me in some way if i was angry in the house for example with the mother she would have punished me for it or my father would have punished me for it so anger has often been a, a feeling that i that i struggle with to express myself in in real life terms and social media probably gave me the opportunity to begin to to vent some of that anger but to vent it in my opinion, in some sort of creative way that it's that it's associated with the shame and the pain that men deal with at the moment. How it's communicated could probably do with some improvement, which I'm which again goes back to improving myself and being okay with vulnerability and with moments of uh, of weakness that we all have. We all have our weaknesses and being okay with that. So over that period of time, I feel as if this year become more comfortable with the vulnerability and moments of weakness. I, I believe going forward on social media, you'll, you'll start to see a lot more of that as I've come to peace with the anger or resentment or whatever was still lingering there from earlier years. You're talking a lot about there about suspre- uh, suppression of feelings and in particular throughout even this conversation you've mentioned men a lot and how they're struggling with shame and guilt and suppression of feelings and I think you're definitely a martyr for that but my question I guess is how come you're mentioning men and not mentioning women are they not susceptible to these feelings of shame and guilt is there there seems to be a separation there for you in particular um, can you explain maybe a little bit why that is for you the simple answer to that question is I'm not a woman so I, I, I can't associate my experiences with the experiences of what it's like to be a woman and I was just going to say where you are a person though you know, I, I understand. I completely get that. I know what you mean. Um, and I suppose uh, to just, I would say we're all people. We all have the same feelings in some sort of capacity, whether it's 
suppressed or not or whether it's anger or not or whatever um so yeah would you not see everyone as people with the same feelings as opposed to a separation yeah well it's not that i ignore a woman's feelings or emotions but i can relate more to a man's feelings and emotions or the suppression of it because i've lived that life and i can help him through it through my own experiences and strategies and and lessons from struggles but i believe there's a lot of men failing to do that and as they fail to do that for themselves they actually fail their woman they fail their wife they fail their girlfriend they fail any type of woman in their life be it at the workplace or a relation or family member so i see men as having this responsibility to to serve and protect the woman but if they can't serve and protect themselves first or they don't feel protected within it's you know it's it's impossible to do that for other people so in a way as i help men i believe i'm helping women because i can help them as a man improve themselves they improve the relationship with their women and it's not it's not a separation of sexes <laughs> we're opening up the can of worms here now this is this is where the arguments start it's not a separation of sexes it's i know what it's like to live as the the nice guy i know what it's like to have feelings of of shame and pain and anger that you many men are afraid to tap into i know that place you keep pulling it back to men i do <clears throat> but everyone what, what i think we're trying to say is everyone has these feelings i don't think it's just specifically men that have these feelings i think we all struggle as a race um right. and we've sat we've had many of coffees together and many of conversations together in group settings and i know the woman that were in that group you've also been able to help them you know but you keep pulling it back to men and i'm just wondering what that angle is or that drive is whereas i think when you open the floor you could probably help so many others possibly but i don't believe that men have the they believe they don't have the same freedom to express themselves as as women do I, i believe women in my opinion can express themselves more freely and more openly and again illustrate a level of vulnerability and weakness and softness towards other women and and there's a connection there alone where men shut that down because there's such a level of shame there's such a level of shame in even feeling feeling anything feeling happy feeling sad feeling lonely feeling angry because for a long time they've been conditioned to believe that this is something bad or something wrong if you were even happy in front of unhappy people in your earlier life it would have triggered them and therefore the reaction would have been one of anger towards your happiness and a belief that okay if i'm angry it's going to result in some sort of pain such as a angry reaction from a parent or such as uh, a punishment in some way so they shut that down so for a lot of men it's not just a matter of shame towards feeling sad or lonely or vulnerable there's a feeling towards those positive emotions as well again as i said i feel men don't feel safe to express themselves to other men the same way women can feel safe to express themselves in front of women and that's where i step in to create that level of safety or create the safe space for them 
to say, hey, you can talk to me. I'm not going to judge you. I'm not going to shame you because I've been where you are and it's okay. I get, I get that. And I, I can... We're so close to being on the same wavelength, but I think there's... <laughs> <laughs> I agree with the the whole aspect of uh, men do struggle with their feelings and talking about it. Do you think talking to only men is the answer? Or my opinion is that I would love if more men and women were all open with each other and it was just a a free-for-all of sharing feelings and uh, in a way that just someone you're comfortable with regardless of gender or who they are. And I have good friendships, men and women, and equally I feel both are often struggling with the same things, and equally I think both can share to each other. Do you think from exclusively working with men that these men then could actually develop another bad habit which is only speaking to men maybe not opening up to their wife or their girlfriend or their mother or their sister or whoever it may be there's a fine line there i believe in terms of how you express your vulnerability in front of a woman and this is something that's often talked about and you often see it circulated on Instagram that you shouldn't cry in front of a woman, you shouldn't break down in front of her, you shouldn't express yourself vulnerably. Do you agree with all that? No, I don't. Good. But, <laughs> but <laughs> Correct answer. <laughs> but actually, just to add on what Stephen's saying there, um, for me, I've also been in counselling and, and psychology um, throughout my 20s, and it's never worked with a man. I, I haven't been able to get on that level with them whereas all my successful therapy sessions have come from chatting with a woman in terms of that um and also in friendships i'm like it's half half for me it's like half man half woman and i can open up with either nearly in the friendship circle anyway at least um so i just kind of wanted to throw that hat into the ring there with like opening up to men and trying to look at Stephen at the same time I've been through that process of different counsellors and psychologists too, as you know, and I spent nearly three years with a male psychologist because I felt drawn towards that male figure or that masculine figure for a period of time because of something I struggled with myself, not not feeling like a masculine man and therefore dissolving the, the feminine side, such as creativity or love or vulnerability and ignoring all that and becoming more masculine because I believe that's that was my rite of passage to become the strong man the strong masculine man but of course over the years I've understood that there's a balance to be struck there and I finished with that male psychologist and I'm at the moment working with a female therapist for that very reason in terms of okay can I explore my feminine energy now that I've been ignoring for so many years because because my feminine side would have been bullied and harassed and attacked in my early years so I would have perceived that as something dangerous or something that could have been used against me in an extreme way whereas now I'm 
starting to become more comfortable with that side of me so I can have the balance of masculine and feminine there's you do need the balance and that's helped me massively as well as a, a mushroom retreat as well that <laughs> completely blew my mind and helped me associate with the love and the joy that I have within that I locked up I might get to that in a second but before that you're picking on two words we just first time we've talked about here masculine and feminine and from seeing you with your children and with people and being vulnerable there's definitely a feminine side to Gavin when I look at you online it's all masculine man masculine man what is masculinity to you and do you think you focus on that more I know you said there you're focusing a bit on feminine what is it what is masculinity to Gavin mm-hmm. well as I've begun to be more comfortable with feminine energy and bringing that more so into the frame of my social media presence I believe there's a bit more of a balance now with the content I share again if you go back to a year ago even so recent as a year ago or two years ago it was as you said yeah all masculine because hey it's it's wrong to be weak and soft weak weakness and softness was associated with femininity to me and femininity was associated with weakness and softness that we should not delve into at least too much but of course there's a there's a balance to be struck there what do you mean by weakness and softness weakness and softness in terms of being vulnerable and really expressing a pain or anguish or or struggle that you may be maybe having which can then be used against you in some way or even expressing happiness in some way i get what you're saying i think i look at it as i think when someone focuses on the masculine they see weakness and softness as that but when you focus on the feminine speaking and being vulnerable is strength mm-hmm. do you think uh, we focus on calling that weak and soft is it coming from a masculine side and do you think uh, if you focus more on the feminine side you'd see that as a strength and a positive yeah well that's what I've begun to understand in recent times you have to understand that if you go through my social media two years ago my message would have been completely different go through my social media a year ago my message would be completely different to what it is right now you go through my social media in 2024 or 2025 it'll probably be completely different to what it was in 2023 as i begin to improve and heal myself and bring more of a balance towards masculinity and femininity but i think yes for a lot of men they fear the feminine energy and they have this persona of masculinity but if it's all masculine then you're not associating with the feelings and the difficulties and the struggles you have within because again as you say it's it's weakness it's softness and i need to perceive myself as a strong masculine man so it's a suppression of femininity which again then you can take with you and express that femininity through other avenues like porn or through hookers or affairs and you're ignoring well you're avoiding the opportunity to share those struggles in the relationship because again you fear it being used against you with 
with with the woman or it's all a bullshit story you've been telling yourself based on those earlier reactions in your life i don't think it's a bullshit story like i think there is people out there who if you are vulnerable with and they will use it against you like i've had that happen to me um so i don't think that's a bullshit story i think that's a very real fear uh i think if you're with the right person then they won't and that you can be open and be vulnerable with them and they don't twist the knife you know telling someone one of your deepest darkest fears or deepest darkest desires and having it used against you is a very dangerous tool and it, it, it takes a lot of guts to tell someone that and we've been comfortable enough to talk about that ourselves so this fear of something being used against you is that something that has happened to you in the past relationships either romantic or with um other people and if there's someone in the room now i would even nearly give them the advice if you're with someone who you're afraid to tell something to because you think they're going to use it against you probably tells you a lot about the person that you're going to tell that to mm. do you agree with that yes i do agree that's important to share it with the right person however i think masculinity does have to come into this to a certain extent too when you are being vulnerable and sharing and being expressive it's not that you're expressing this and being vulnerable for then the woman to help fix this for you or address it for you the masculine then comes in and says you know what i'm struggling with this i, I want to share it with you so you know what's going on but i am taking 100 responsibility for it and all i require from you is your support and your your ear and your love and comfort when when i need it but i'm by no means handing this responsibility over to you i'm doing this for me so i can be better for you and i think that's where masculinity comes in is taking complete ownership and responsibility for the difficulties in your life and not passing it over to someone else so in in that sense maybe there was too much femininity in terms of you seen an opening to express yourself but you didn't address potentially the red flags in the woman or you didn't really consider the consequence of sharing this with somebody that maybe you didn't fully trust and there was a, a lack of masculinity there and maybe um, over compensation of, of feminine potentially for me it's been used against me on the school playground it's been used against me um, through many experiences of being bullied where as a as a kid as a boy i was soft vulnerable i was not the hard man footballer i was the actor on stage and being able to freely express myself there that was that was my thing i was but then as the years went by femininity was the enemy so i pursued masculinity through fighting through kickboxing through karate through boxing and learning how to fight and ignoring femininity because that's that's weakness so over the period of time in the last year i've acknowledged that my feelings do matter and that i do matter and as i acknowledge my feelings and take responsibility for it i can then help others 
what their feelings and their emotions and their struggles. The failure to do that for myself means I'm not going to be able to help them with theirs, such as the kids in Vilna or, or these men that I help. I think you're on a good path. I think it's, and I hope the men you work with, you're opening up their feminine side as well as uh, masculine. And I mean, we could we could chat about all this for another hour and we could pick away at, at each other's opinions and thoughts. And I think ultimately what you do, Gavin, is, a, is admirable and you're helping a lot of men. I would like if you help people uh, because I think that's... I mean, look, I, I can't tell you how to run your business or how, well, you know. It's, it's not that I actively went out there to pursue men only but a lot of the content i started started creating on instagram and social media began to draw men in more so because i was talking about my struggles with porn i was talking about my struggles with shame or guilt or uh, with um yeah shame was a massive one perhaps so that it drew a lot of men in but i think it was refreshing for them to actually hear a man speaking about his struggles with porn and his struggles with addiction and his struggles with alcohol and his struggles with shame and the struggles with feeling because within these men they've never actually heard a man express that before because their friends are all closed up and locked up as, as well because of the shame towards the feelings so yes when you talk about helping the men become more feminine or at least tap into their feminine energy that's what we're ultimately doing on the on a conversation on our calls we're talking about feelings we're talking about shame we're talking about difficulties things that are quote-unquote feminine not so much not so much masculine but their masculinity is shown through by them actually taking responsibility for it they're speaking to me they've reached out to me they're taking ownership for it so there's a there's a blend there of, of both i suppose to wrap this part up You've kind of spoken about what you think masculine is and if someone's listening to us now and thinking, ah, fuck that, I don't need to be opening up my feminine energy or the opposite saying, fuck that, what, what even is masculinity or, you know, we could talk about even that for so long, but what sort of advice or what lasting comments would you make? for those people listening that might be struggling or maybe that aren't even struggling and just want to continue living as they are they may not be completely honest with themselves and at the same time they know there's something lingering beneath the surface but that thing lingering beneath the surface can only be brought to the surface through periods of being alone or or and periods of speaking to someone that you trust because again there's a huge lack of trust within men and expressing their feelings because of the shame or because of the fear of being used against them so find someone you trust to be able to express that with and if you struggle to express with someone else express it for yourself through your journaling or through meditation or through breath work and really just associate what your feelings are link the thoughts to your feelings and try to explore where that's coming from because the feeling is not linked to 
what happened yesterday or ha- what happened last year. The feeling is linked to something deeper and darker back in your back in your past, which we're reluctant to do so. But the more reluctant you are to go back to the past, the more it lingers in the present. So it's really honest, an honest question for yourself in terms of am I really content on my own? And if not, why not? Because it's really when you're alone and distraction free and there's no noise on the outside, that's when the internal volume is turned up and you begin to hear these thoughts and you begin to feel these feelings and that's that's a wake-up call to take action i would add a little bit to that that and to remind people that are listening to this this is something that you've been doing for the last decade this isn't going to be something you know if, if you are someone who's going to go through what gavin just advised i think be rest assured that this is a process and that this takes time and you know i think it was a great thing what you said about your content two years ago uh today next year and the year after and that really shows that you know you're growing and developing and committing to this so if something does pop its ugly head up my two cents worth is like it's going to take time you're going to have to work through it and it might even take a decade but uh i think it's like that thing it's like go to the go what is it go and slay the dragon before the dragon comes and slays your village sort of thing you know um and it's going i think in my own life as well when i ignored these things or suppressed them they just popped their heads up and when they did it was ugly you know it wasn't nice so i think it's it's a process and it's it's dealing with it head on and dealing with it over time and not putting yourself under any pressure to get this fixed today or tomorrow or Mm -hmm. And you take encouragement from the progress you're making throughout the throughout the process, and you'll feel a little bit better tomorrow than you did t- this morning if, by just taking that time for yourself. And that just builds over a period of time. But if you do lose your way, I, I, I believe you can only get so far on your own. And at some point, you will need someone else to guide you through the through the darkness or or to the next level or such. And at least that's how it's been for for me in my journey, and continues to be so. Thank you very much. I suppose we talked about a lot of things and I was try, trying to think there for how we would wrap it up in terms of what I take from this conversation. Firstly is thanks for sharing your story. That's not an easy thing to talk about. Thanks for giving me the space to do, to do so, yeah. The safe space. <laughs> and from where that led to, I think embrace the masculine embrace the feminine be who you are seek the help when you need it don't be afraid to seek help and when you do allow the feelings to process and to take them where they need to take you and from there the healing will begin and like yourself 10 12 years later mm-hmm. it'll still continue and it's a work in progress and I suppose if anyone is struggling now, would you like to wrap up the conversation, Gavin, with any sort of um, last comments from today? Be careful of hyper-masculinity. And I myself would have been guilty of that where I did post a video with good intention at the time of fuck your feelings. Doesn't matter how you're feeling, get up and get it done. And I think that's sort of Andrew Tateism mm-hmm. 
coming through there in some way. I think he's that that's his whole message. Fuck your feelings. If you're tired, do this. If you're pissed off, do that. Just show up and do it anyway. And there's potentially an element of the truth there in terms of taking responsibility and taking action anyway. But your feelings do matter. And you do matter. And just don't 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 let those feelings linger to the point where they will pull you under into a dark dark place and and i think that's the underlying message beneath all of this is that you matter as a as an individual as a human a man or woman and uh, <laughs> and there are people out there who are willing to listen to you and willing to help you out as long as you are willing to help yourself out but you need to also believe that you deserve the help you deserve to feel better than you than you do right now you don't deserve to live in this miserable lonely existence you don't deserve this so again that's another story you've been telling yourself for a very long time at least for me as well i don't deserve better happiness is for somebody else and if you're if you like me back then was are being triggered by happy people then bring it back to yourself why am i pissed off by someone else's happiness that's most likely because you lack it within go into the trigger mm. teachings and the triggers yes gavin it's been an absolute pleasure i'm so happy that we got to sit down and get this conversation uh on record and together uh the three of us thank you very much thank you for having me man it's uh been a, ple- a privilege and an honor and it's not only that but a, a privilege and an honor to have both of you as very good friends of mine and you've been key to my own journey of, of healing and personal growth here as well so thank you for that 